0: Are you nostalgic for a simpler time?
1: A time where controllers didn't have so many buttons.
0: A time where games weren't so overly complicated by so many plot devices. Yeah. Me too. I miss my NES. Hi, (laughs) I'm Bill and I absolutely love old video games, but I didn't have anyone to play with. So I decided to start the Super Switch Club. That's right, a podcast dedicated to discussing and reliving the nostalgia of retro video games that are also on the Nintendo Online Virtual Library. Games like Star
2: Fox, Super Mario World,
0: Kirby's Dream Land 3, Echo the Dolphin,
2: Donkey
1: Kong Country,
2: The
3: Legend of Zelda, Castlevania Bloodline,
1: Super Metroid, Shining
0: Force, Balloon Fight,
3: Punch Out, Sonic 2, F Zero, Banjo Kazooie,
0: Tetris, Pokemon Snap, and so much more. The Super Switch Club is a podcasters assemble style show from the We Can Make This Work, probably Podcast Network a podcast
4: where we peel away the veneer of nostalgia and play some unnecessarily difficult video games just because our friends are playing them too. So join us on the Super Switch Club, where you can
1: relive the nostalgia of tearing your hair out over an NES game that loves to troll the shit out of
0: you. Fantastic. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this. Yeah, that sounds good. Best of all,
1: you can too. Head on over to probablywork.com slash super switch club now to learn more. This is Eric Slater from Epic Fails of History and Podcasters Assemble. A movie podcast.
0: Hi, my name's Bill. I'm from the RPG Years Podcast, and from the Coordinate an Attack on Titan podcast. This is Troidal Power from the Power Playthroughs Podcast.
5: Hi, I'm Dan. G'day, it's Elise. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Varix. Hey
6: everyone,
7: it is Kazlo25, and I'm a Twitch streamer and YouTuber, focusing on RPGs and particularly Final Fantasy XIV. Hey folks, this is Brett from Skeleton House. This is Ben from Dragoon Effect,
8: Douglas Gale. From no more podcasts Except for a number of unedited podcasts Sitting on my hard drive That I will never get to
9: Hello, my name is Johnny Co-host of The Rapper's Corner And Remember the Record YouTube Video Podcasts Hey, it's Jay You might know me from that
4: one episode of Podcasters Disassemble But more likely you know me from right here On the Super Switch Club Podcast
2: Hey, this is Scott from the Scott Spot. I'm a Twitch streamer over at twitch.tv slash the underscore Scott underscore spot. This is Mike from Mike's and Let's Plays.
10: Hello, this is Josh from the Audio Only Let's Play Discord.
2: And here
0: I am today to talk to you about the manual for Star Tropics. And I'm here to talk to you about the manual for the lovely NES game, Star Tropics.
1: And today we're talking about the 1990 NES game. I'm here to talk about Star Tropics. Star Tropics,
6: and welcome to the manual reading for Star Tropics
1: for, for the Super, Super Switch, Switch Club. Club.
6: Okay,
5: so I got to rescue my uncle,
1: uh, but I'm not too sure how to find him. So I can go to this island, right? First, I got to talk to the chief,
10: and then I got to get some clues from a parrot, and then I'm helping these dolphins. And all
0: the time, I'm sneaking through graveyards and shooting zombies and blasting monsters. My sub cracks up on the rocks! And the next thing I know I'm cruising inside a whale. Whoa! Oh, new game from
9: Nintendo man! Star Tropics! Every chapter's like another adventure! So it's like a whole slew of games and one. what's a matter with your
5: height. And it's time for a brand new season here on Super Switch Club
11: and I'm excited to participate in the new NES season of the Super Switch Club.
5: And this is my first entry for the Super Switch Club.
6: This will be my first NES game, apart from when we played uh, Donkey Kong back in the uh, speed round season.
7: And we're back for a new season of the Super Switch Club.
5: We're taking it back to the NES for this one. Here for episode 0 or the first
12: episode. I don't remember how we number these. It's been so long since we've done one game for a full season that I've forgotten and everything so i'm just gonna ramble because why not
4: it's fun and we are back with a full season nintendo game again and i am stoked because it's a game i have a lot of nostalgia for
8: here to talk about nintendo entertainment system video game star tropics
4: for the nes
7: star tropics covering the nes classic uh star tropics a
10: classic? Question mark. I have no idea. Star Tropics was released in
1: 1990 by Nintendo. So I never got around to playing Star Tropics.
5: So
13: Star Tropics isn't one I've ever played.
14: I don't know a lot about Star Tropics except it's like one of the 3 NES games that I actually own, but I don't think I've ever played it.
5: I've I I I've never played Star Tropics before and I'm excited to finally see what it is about Star Tropics y'all love so much.
13: The NES wasn't a huge thing for me personally.
5: Who's played Star Tropics?
12: Nobody's played
13: Star Tropics.
12: I played this game for the first time like 20, 25 years ago. Man, I'm so old.
2: By the way, I'm I'm only 33, but I feel like I'm about to die from old age.
4: I know I beat this game, so it couldn't have been too hard. I don't remember a ton about it, though.
8: I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it is a classic because it won. In the voting. Didn't strike me that that was a, a, a lot of ironic
0: voting in there.
11: We're going to be playing the game Star Tropics, which I, I'm really excited about.
0: Now, just to clarify here, I was very much an advocate of this game, uh, mostly because I didn't know anything about it.
9: First of all, I came into contact with Star Tropics when it was released. Now, I don't remember how, but I had it and I absolutely fell in love with it.
0: I feel like I've seen star tropics in the ether out there and people have said mildly good things about it.
9: From the bright colors, it's pretty silly. The adventure takes you all over the place
11: Although uh, I'll be honest, I did vote for Crystalis because I mean, Star Tropics is a great game, but everybody like knows it. Like anybody who plays video games, ask them about great NES games, Star Tropics is going to come up. It's kind of a like cult favorite, I guess. And so I thought it'd be fun to do something a little more uh, unusual. Anywho, the point
1: is that I've never played Star Tropics.
10: I've always heard of this game. I've always been vaguely interested in it, but I've never really sat down to play it. It's always been kind of on the periphery. I've always known it as it's it's the game that's it's like Zelda, but you play as a little kid with a yo-yo. That's basically all I knew about
2: it. It's just a game for the NES. It always seemed like it was really cool. I had friends when I was younger that told me it was cool.
10: It's notable that the game, even though created by an all-Japanese team, including Genyo Takeda of Punch-Out! fame, was actually never intended for release outside of the United States and Europe.
0: So I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, Star Tropics sounds cool literally I've not looked at a single screenshot of this and also I kind of just wanted to dive in a
1: lot of those old NES games have like the coolest possible cover art and then you're so disappointed by the game on the inside because <laughs> it's all pixelated to hell which is fine like you know games back then you had to kind of use your imagination a little bit and I feel like this one might not be all that different in that respect
0: but some people have said that the manual apparently sets the story you know and <laughs> Ooh, what the f***? Of course it sets the f***ing story. It's an NES game. They all set the story in the manual. You must always, always read the manual.
1: But I've heard a lot of good things.
0: I know you're
14: a kid and it's kind of Zelda-y and you have a a yo-yo instead of a sword. That's about it. But nevertheless... I'm excited for Star Tropics. My personal history with
11: Star Tropics—I did play this as a kid uh, on my NES. I don't remember really very much about it. I don't think I owned it, so most likely I rented it back when that was a thing that you could do.
1: This was nominated by three different people on our NES noms.
8: It got nominated by like a hundred different people.
12: <laughs> so I would like to nominate, and my nomination is. And my nomination is We Should Play Star Tropics,
7: the 1990 action adventure video game. Star Tropics for the NES.
3: And I am nominating Star Tropics. Star Tropics. Star Tropics. Star Tropics, my favorite NES game of all time. It came out
12: way at the end of the NES life cycle. I think. I
2: had some friends when I was younger that told me it was a great game. It's an action-adventure, it takes place on an island. It looks like for an NES game, there's a significant story to it.
7: StarTropics is kind of a cult
2: classic. And it's just something I've always like, wanted to give a shot. And I actually recently picked this up at a convention, like a retro convention.
7: Um, it's very inspired by Zelda, which seems to fit perfect with this podcast.
2: So I own the game, uh, even though I'm not sure... I will play it that way, other than emulation.
3: Um, It's a 2D action-adventure game made by Nintendo for the NES and released in 1990 in North America and Europe.
7: And it was made to appeal to a Western audience.
3: But we'll see. It was never released in Japan, and it was never intended to be released in Japan. It was made for Western audiences.
7: So instead of a sword and shield, your character wields a yo-yo.
6: A yo-yo! And I'm even more excited knowing that it can't be Zelda 2 because I did actually have a crack at that for about three minutes and then that was uh, that was enough.
3: It was produced, written, and directed by uh, Genyo Takeda who developed the Punch-Out games for Nintendo also.
12: It goes on this grand, sprawling adventure.
3: And if you haven't listened to that,
1: go listen to that, because it was a great episode and I had a lot of fun editing it, even though it took me like three months.
4: A friend of mine owned it. I didn't have the copy of it myself, but I did have the Nintendo Power with the Strategy Guide, and we tag-teamed this game, I remember.
10: Star Tropics was actually one of the first video games that I had ever played. It was around 1995 or 96, when my mother
12: bought an NES at a garage sale or something. But I got it at a garage sale for a dollar. Because back then, you could buy Nintendo games for a dollar or less at garage sales, at least where I grew up. And uh, it actually came with a bunch
10: of games, including this one and its little-known sequel, uh, which is Star Tropics 2
12: Zoda's Revenge? My grandparents and my parents loved going to garage sales, and I was like, I don't get it until one day, there were Nintendo games. It seemed like every garage sale had Nintendo or Atari games. And I had both, and they were cheap. And so then I started loving going to garage sales because it's just like, okay, what games am I gonna get for practically nothing? And I definitely built out a decent chunk of my collection as a child because of garage sales.
5: In regards to StarTropics though, my only experience with the game is vague memories of a let's play I watched a couple of years ago.
4: And it probably only took us a few weeks to get through it between a couple after school sessions here or there, maybe a
11: sleepover. I remember thinking that it was fun. Uh, I had no idea how far I got.
4: My
10: brother and I never actually got very far, only about halfway through chapter three of eight before we weren't able to continue any further. It wasn't until we were much older that we were able to complete the game.
11: So this is basically going to be a fresh playthrough for me unless like I get partway into it and and it unlocks some sort of deep memories or something like that.
4: Back then, we were probably putting in three to five hours a day of practice at Nintendo Hard Games, so I think this group on this podcast is going to struggle with this a little bit more.
10: I still remember the soundtrack and the bosses, uh, even some of the secrets and tricks that the game likes to play on the players. Some of the tricks in this game are just really mean. It's
2: just, it just seems like it was... Like, it'd be a fun game to play if we have to play an NES game. Or an S game. What do you guys say? NES or NES? I don't know.
1: You guys sold me, man. You know, when it came down to that final vote, I was voting for Star Tropics. I, I'm genuinely intrigued by this game. So, really looking forward
14: to it. I think it's going to be good. Oh, and I know the one thing that, like, every nerd video game trivia person knows, um, which we'll, we'll get to.
5: In fact, there's really only two things about it I can remember right off the top of my head. One... All the villages have the name Cola in their name for some reason or another. Can't imagine what that's about. And two, there's a yo yo involved somewhere, presumably a weapon.
0: So I've held off. I haven't looked at a single thing about Star Tropics until this exact moment, where I'm now looking at the instruction booklet for Star Tropics.
1: I love the tropical aesthetic you know i like the cover alone got me i love it
10: and the box art features a beautiful tropical island paradise of tall palm trees with green palm fronds lush grass a deep blue ocean
1: as i'm getting older i'm all about that like chillax lifestyle i like you know like tiki stuff
0: (laughs) it's got a nice blue background with a yellow font with a little Orange shadow around it that says Star Tropics. I
10: love it. All beneath a setting sun or a rising sun, maybe, with a dark blue starlit sky with the bold yellow text Star Tropics in all capital font. And then white right at the bottom, Instruction Booklet.
7: And to start off, it, it even comes down to getting this official Nintendo seal of quality.
9: First off, do you remember the official seal? Is your assurance that Nintendo has reviewed this product and that it was met our standards of excellence and workmanship, reliability, and entertainment value?
7: Just like we did with Zelda 2. Talking about how this is a quality game.
9: Dude, these seals of quality guaranteed that the game was gonna rock. At least I thought so.
7: For the most part, they were right. Uh, because Nintendo was really worried after the video game crash of the early '80s that video games would actually succeed in America. You youngins may not know, but the NES was an interesting system.
1: It had this little flap on on the top. It was almost like a like a top loader, like VHS player, right?
7: <laughs> That's the reason our NES looked like a VCR instead of uh, a top loading console. They they wanted it to look like something that wasn't. A video game system, it was a entertainment system.
13: My first, like, Nintendo game was the DOS version of Mario's Missing. So I guess that tells you where I'm coming from in terms of the nostalgia on this
5: thing. So as was the case with the vast majority of the NES library, Star Tropics completely flew under my radar growing up. If memory serves, I had five, maybe six games in total for the system as a kid, half of those being Mario Bros. 2 and 3 and Kirby's Adventure. I know I had a puzzle game, too. It wasn't Tetris. What was it? Clax, that was it. That was a fun one.
12: This game came out at a time where companies were worried about people renting video games and beating them so that things like Blockbuster, which isn't just a fictional thing from a Netflix TV show, or other companies, like my local grocery store rented out Nintendo games, wouldn't only need to buy one or two copies of. Or people would play it a little bit and they'd be like, oh man, I need to go buy my own copy.
5: Point being, I missed out on a lot of good games on the NES. Largely in part, I think, due to the fact that I spent most of my time playing the Super Nintendo back then.
1: So although my first system was a Super Nintendo, I remember saving up my allowance and actually going to a used game store to buy my own NES i was you know a big fan of all things nintendo i had a subscription to nintendo power this was before the n64 came out and uh you know there was a bunch of older games that i kind of you know i had heard good things about and never really got my hands on i rode my bike I want to say it was like three blocks away across like two highways, drove my bike to the game store and I had saved up, I want to say it was like 90 bucks or something for this, this used NES. And I bought it, put it in a plastic bag, rode all the way back home with it on my handlebars. I got home, I excitedly plugged it in. So I go to flip open the top to put Mario in and there was a game inside already. I got an extra game. And that game was Contra, and it was awesome. <laughs> that might have to be a future episode of the podcast, but yeah, that was that was really exciting. I got two games for the price of one. It was uh, it was a really good day, and that'll always stick with me.
12: <laughs> I had a friend who somehow, through I don't know what kind of magic, rented Final Fantasy three at the time, but we all know it is six over and over and over and over again until they finished the whole thing. How no one else rented that and wrote over their save file is beyond me and why they didn't just go and buy it i can't imagine they actually saved money if they did it couldn't have been a whole lot
1: you know i bought a few older games and of course as i got older and i I was able to collect more games i had more uh spending money you know than i do now (laughs) the virtual consoles on like the wii and the wii u and all that they had a lot of the old retro games on them and uh, i ended up playing a lot of nes games through that i rebought a lot of those same games on the wii u and then, of course, the Nintendo Switch came out, Nintendo Switch Online, and, of course, now I'm paying monthly for all the same games that I have bought three time, three or four times by now. But that's, that's part of uh, the pros and cons of being a Nintendo fanboy, you know?
9: <laughs> that seal of approval, baby. Gold seal. We got a good game coming up. So
6: this should be pretty fun. I'm looking forward to it.
7: As is tradition with our first episode, we're gonna look at the instruction booklet.
1: Today we're gonna to be reading the manual for Star Tropics, but first, I wanted to read something from an old issue of Nintendo Power which featured Star Tropics as its cover story. And you got this kid with like a backpack and a fishing rod slung over his shoulder and he's standing in the middle of the ocean, it looks like, with some palm trees behind him. It's, you know, pretty cool tropical looking background, digging the vibe. And then there's what looks to be like a world-ending asteroid that's about to collide <laughs> with the horizon in the background. So I don't know what that's about. I don't know why he's smiling so wide. It's, uh almost gives you like sociopathic vibes with those eyes viz and uh you know there's uh, some scattered like photos and stuff uh some i guess clues uh spread about so that's interesting i wonder what that's about i guess we'll find out and the kid says hi my name's mike i'm a baseball player from the mainland My uncle, the famous archaeologist, Dr. Steve Jones, has a laboratory here on Sea Island. The Sea Islanders call him Dr. J. I came here on vacation to meet him for the first time, but the day before I arrived, he mysteriously vanished. Now I've got to explore the islands to find him,
11: and you can help. Your journey begins in Coral Cola. Today we're going to be going over the manual for the game. We're not going to start it yet. That's the next episode.
7: But I mean, everybody comes in for the instruction booklet, and it has been months since we've done an instruction booklet episode, so I'm really excited. We won't be diving in the gameplay just yet. We'll
4: save that for next episode.
5: Right. Well, if I'm to learn anything else about how to play this game, I think I'd best crack open the manual, because I'm fairly certain the game itself ain't going to explain next to nothing.
4: Today we're here to read the manual.
6: And it's got a proper story and everything.
11: But this kind of sets the stage.
12: All right, what do we have in the old instruction manual? Right, and here we are with the
13: instruction manual. Having looked at this manual, I feel intense nostalgia for manuals.
1: I remember
10: that uh, even though we got the game secondhand, we did have the manual.
7: Guys, do you remember manuals? Uh, And right off the bat, these NES instruction booklets just hit differently than the ones that we got, even in like the PS1 era.
13: I'm sure this has like come up before on previous seasons, but I haven't yet been on a season where we've got a manual episode.
11: I'm not gonna read through the manual. I'm sure there's folks with um, better voices who are gonna do that, to be honest, but uh, I will kind of look through it and just
13: kind of give my thoughts.
7: There's just something about how like classic they are that just hits me right in the nostalgia feels. Yeah
13: manuals they were absolutely brilliant you have the little book and it would have so many details and be stuff about the game how to play the game but it had lore things
0: so it starts off with the story which is a double page spread oh yes it's like a big centerfold and
13: art and so on
0: i gotta love this era
8: of video games where the manuals got lore backstory some art um and a little light sprinkling of instructions that usually don't make any sense until you're actually playing the game
13: looking over the manual it's it's interesting and i've looked at the pdf of this i didn't have it personally you don't have the actual hard copy because i don't know if anyone still does actually now knowing this group someone probably does still have a hard copy of the manual so
2: i'm looking at the manual right now of course via pdf version i do actually own the physical game because i got into retro game collecting recently but i don't have manual.
13: I'm going
9: to read the instruction manual a little bit. Let's go back. I have this somewhere in storage. And this one
4: starts off with the game story. A beautifully illustrated section of comic panels.
7: I love the presentation here because it's got a lot of just classic like children's book illustrations and even the font looks very much like a children's book. I know because I have to read my toddler books every night before bed.
11: I am going to however call out this manual at this point because the layout
13: on this thing is terrible. But look at this thing. It's amazing.
0: Dude, this art is so good. The artwork's kind of like slightly reminds me of like Tintin, but as if some but someone who can't draw Tintin very well.
10: <laughs> Does that make sense? It's got some pretty artwork in it with some vibrant, colorful depictions of all of the various major characters, weapons, items, and enemies.
0: Kid's got blonde hair, a little bit of a quiff at the front, you know what I mean.
9: Bad tintin. It's uh dude, I love all the drawings in these books, man. Scrolling ahead here. Oh, this is actually a cool-looking manual.
11: So cool. Like, each one of these pages is just like a random sprite in a random place with some text next to it. These are probably the most offensive pages as far as visual design goes, but all of it is not good. Things don't line up. There's no consistency in location. Honestly... It really looks to me like if you gave all of the images and copy to like a 50-year-old accountant and said, and said "Hey, make a PowerPoint slide deck," uh, like this is what you would get. It's all on this plain white
13: background. It's brilliant. Little illustrations.
6: It's even got beautiful colored pictures.
13: Color illustrations.
6: And ah, oh, it actually looks really
11: cool. I quite like it. Anybody with even like the basics of graphic design uh, knowledge would do a better job than this. So sorry nintendo could have worked a little harder on this one but uh, that's hard. It, it was it was 1990
13: what a name they... color illustrations guys not like black and white cheaply printed with a color cover actual like nice manual oh jealous of anyone who's actually got this but
7: let's jump right in.
5: Okay, so we're starting off with the standard Nintendo SEAL quality. That I'm sure all my fellow geezers can remember. And the table of contents, precautions, you know, standard cartridge, storage and maintenance. Common sense stuff, really.
10: Uh, let's start with the story.
6: Let's uh, let's get to the story then, shall we?
5: Let's
0: let like us narrate about the main character. Hi, my name is Michael Jones. Ha <laughs> I've got the second most generic name you can think of.
12: Oh. The main character is Michael Jones. I don't think I actually knew his last name. All right, so we're gonna start off with the story. The story.
2: Hi, let me adopt a voice for this.
6: Hi, my name is Michael Jones. Hi, my name is Michael Jones, but my friends call me Mike. But
2: my friends call me
10: Mike. I'm 15 years old and I live in Seattle, Washington.
8: All right, so we're on planet Earth. So, hey, shout out to Michael Jones from Seattle, Washington.
7: Seattle, Washington. Hey, that's where Nintendo is. Man,
2: I miss Seattle. I took a vacation to Seattle once.
1: They have the best freaking coffee. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even vacation. It was a trip. That is a chill town. I love it. love the weather, too, you know? Dude, I it's raining all the time.
2: But I thought it was badass. Seattle.
8: Seattle's awesome. Anyway, Let's see, it's 15 years old in 1990. Um, yeah, I might be friends with Michael Jones to this very day. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I actually, I would know if I had a friend named Michael Jones, and I don't. So, quick update, I am not friends with Michael Jones.
11: They uh, they set the scene, they give you kind of the backstory of the main
13: character and his uncle that he's coming to visit. It's got the backstory of Mike, I see his uncle and all that.
12: Have you heard of my Uncle Steve? I got real original with the names.
6: Have you heard of my Uncle Steve?
14: Well, most people don't call him that. They call him Dr. Jones. Hint, hint. They call him Dr. Dr. Jones?
6: Dr.
0: Jones?
14: Indy? Junior? It's the name of that that guy with the hat and stuff. He is a
1: very famous archaeologist who is looking for some lost ruins in the Coral Sea.
2: I've been playing uh, Coral Island lately and uh, this might be better.
6: He is a very famous archaeologist who is looking for some lost ruins in the Coral Sea. It is
7: Indy. Is that an Indiana Jones reference? He's a very famous archaeologist. Yeah, that's an Indiana Jones reference.
11: Uh, I think it's funny that they uh, say everyone calls him Dr. Jones. He's a very famous archaeologist. That's got to be an Indiana Jones reference, right? Give him hell, Indiana Jones. Uh, I mean, it has to be. See season 10 of
1: Podcasters Assemble for our reviews on all the Indiana Jones movies.
14: I've never actually met him, but last week I received a letter from him inviting me to stay with him at his laboratory on Sea Island.
1: Sea Island. That's uh, the letter C. C is in cat. Sea Island. Okay. I leave tomorrow on a helicopter.
6: I bet I won't be able to sleep at all tonight.
5: I bet I won't be able to sleep at all tonight. Well, good night. (laughs) I mean, where's your parents? (laughs) Oh, there's a note down here in the corner.
10: Uh, There's actually an asterisk and some small text on this page, and it says, Please read the letter from Dr. Jones appended to this booklet.
5: Okay. Story continues here on the next page. Today I landed on Sea Island after a long helicopter ride.
7: Today I landed on Sea Island after a long helicopter ride. The people are very
1: friendly and they all seem to know my uncle.
9: Well, I mean, he's Indiana Jones. Isn't? Well, maybe not.
1: And we see Mike uh, with his luggage and a fishing rod.
9: Oh my, there better not
2: be fishing in this game.
1: As he's walking past a sign that's pointing towards Coral
2: Cola. Anyway. He there, this kid is. I, I think it, he said his name was Steve, right? So he's walking along the path, and uh, it's got Coral Cola. There's like a one of those weird arrow signs Coral Cola.
5: The next page shows off some very nice artwork of Coral Cola Village.
11: They go from that into like an image of the village at the beginning of the game. It's like a village
2: that you would find in the middle of the jungle.
7: We get this illustration of like this. This island village. All the roofs are made out of hay. It's very uh, greenery.
5: There are a few huts dotted around the edges of the village. There's a big open space in the middle where the villagers are hanging out.
7: And It's got a little bit of like Pacific Islander uh, stereotypical drawings here, but it's very crude, so I'll I'll look past it for now.
2: But it seems like people are happy here, and a couple people have spears, except for one person has a fishing rod.
5: And there's a rather large hut in the upper left-hand corner which I can only assume is where the village chieftain lives.
1: At Coral Cola.
6: I sure like this village, but I haven't been able to find my uncle anywhere. And no one here seems to know where he is either.
2: No one here seems to know
14: where he is either.
9: This is probably no good for you, Mike. You got your fishing rod though and your
14: backpack. You're ready for this. So is this, I wonder if this happens in the game. I wonder if this is like part of level one.
1: Yeah, we get a picture of what looks to be a rustic village. Almost like, kind of has like a Hawaiian kind of feel to it. Uh, thatch roofs, all that, all that good stuff.
9: The village drawing is so cool. It looks exactly like the game, except drawing. <laughs> I love it.
5: There's actually a picture of the letter shown off to the side here, along with a couple of photographs that were taken and a map of Sea Island. Aptly named because the island is literally in the shape of the letter C.
0: I kind of say it's more like a crab claw, but then he's got something in the middle. And then we get this awesome
2: map,
9: uh, the map of Sea Island. There's a little picture of the Sea Island map.
2: And then there's like a picture of the island. It's- and uh, we got
1: a laboratory out in the middle of the water in this cove.
2: Looks like it's crescent moon shape. Uh, there's a helipad.
1: little beach area, uh, Coral Cola, which looks like it's the village, and um, seems to be something past the mountains there. I wonder what that's all about.
10: I guess that's it. That's the story, because then it starts telling you about all the characters and stuff.
1: Also, there's a little note in our instruction booklet. And it says in the bottom quarter, please read the letter from Dr. Jones. Please read the letter from Dr. Jones appended to this booklet. Okay. That's weird. Will
14: do. Will do. Next page. Okay, we see a picture of this uh village, and it's like a very tribal village. We have straw-roofed houses and stuff, and, like, this one doesn't even have a roof. It's just a brick in- encasement with a table and chairs in it. Then we get a panel with the island chief.
7: Oh, my God. Um, Okay, now we have problems. <laughs> Two, like,
11: kind of weird, out-of-place pages where you get the chief of the the village and the shaman of the village both just like saying things
7: because this guy's calling himself a chief so i'm expecting something that is very much of the natives and we get the most whitewashed picture i've ever seen
0: all uh, right okay we've got a fat ginger guy with a mustache so i've got a big red flag here we see a picture of a rotund
14: man we get this <laughs>
0: There is a guy that I can only
2: describe as uh, a little rotund.
5: Speak of the devil, here is a fella who is large and in charge. I'm assuming this is the chief.
2: Oh my god, who is that?
10: Burt Reynolds? Here it shows a picture of a bare-chested man.
14: With a, uh, like 70s
10: porn stash, kinda? Wearing just like some blue, uh, Leg coverings? It's, this is like
1: Burt Reynolds look-alike. Uh, he's kind of slightly overweight.
7: He's got like the dad belly.
1: He's got the stash. and he's wearing what I can only assume is a blue
2: kilt of some kind.
10: I, I always thought it was like a skirt, maybe?
2: But his mustache is mustaching.
9: he kind of look like me if I had a porn star mustache instead of this drop-dead gorgeous goatee. This guy looks like a 42-year-old
14: dad. Um... But this this guy he just looks like a like a fifty year old white guy.
7: Full on, just white man and a mustache. Anyways, he's got one hand
1: behind his back for some reason, and he's reaching out to uh, shake our hand. He says, "Hi, Mike.
9: I'm Chief Coral Cola, a close friend of your uncle's." Yeah, who's this? This is the uncle. Hi, Mike. I'm Chief Coral Cola, a close friend of your uncle's. That's right. He ain't the uncle. He's the he's the chief. Hi, Mike.
5: I'm Chief Coracola. Hi, Mike. I'm Chief Coracola, a close friend of your uncle's. I don't know why I made him sound like that. But we're going with it.
1: Okay, so he's the Chief. Um, looks like like just a white
14: dude. Clearly a white guy. This guy has a Costco membership card and this guy plays eighteen holes on the weekend.
7: I couldn't draw a more stereotypical white dad if I if I tried.
14: <laughs> you know, like that's that's interesting. Okay. He says,
2: Hi Mike. I'm Chief Coral Cola, a close friend of your uncle's. He says, listen, listen, try not to be upset. I-,
7: I feel kind of offended
2: by the whitewashing there, and I'm a white guy.
14: Listen, try not to be too upset.
10: Your uncle, Dr. Jones, has been
2: abducted.
14: Dr. Jones has been abducted.
2: Abducted! With two exclamation marks.
3: Abducted! Bum, bum, bum.
10: Abducted! Uh so back in the day I didn't really understand what the chief had meant. I thought he just meant that Dr. J was kidnapped,
0: abducted. What in the echo? That
1: what? That's a lot. That's a lot to drop on a kid right here. That's Yeah, how do oh, how do you even begin to break that kind of news? But wow. That's um that's heavy.
5: Listen, try not to be upset. Your uncle Dr. Jones has been abducted.
7: Mike, you're the best
5: hope of rescuing Dr. Jones. Mike, you are the best hope of rescuing Dr. Jones.
1: You are the best hope of rescuing Dr. Jones.
5: You are the best hope of
6: rescuing Dr. Jones.
1: Um, he's in high school. Because
0: despite the fact I look like Magnum P.I., I'm not going to do jack shit about it. Also, I'm an adult. You're a 15-year-old boy. It's obviously your job.
9: Not the chief, not any of my warrior soldiers, not the military. Mikey from Seattle and his baseball bat. He's gonna handle it.
15: Okay.
2: okay the next page has this woman with tall purple hair and giant red lips with a staff with a skull on top and a, and a pearl necklace, which I already, have, I already have a lot of questions, but let's just see what she has to say.
9: Better talk to the shaman first.
4: And then we get another character, a witch doctor looking lady.
1: And then we got this, uh...
5: Next to the chief is a rather serious looking woman in a long red robe, a fancy looking headdress carrying a staff with a skull on it. Got kind of a witch doctor shamanist vibe going on.
1: This creepy Karen looking lady who's got some kind of weird purple hairdo thing going on. I'm the shaman of Coracola. She's also got a staff with a skull on the end, so I'm not really sure if we should be taking any advice from her.
9: Here's this old lady. She looked like, I don't know, she reminded me of that one lady in Monkey Island a little bit. Do y'all remember that that lady? She's got the, the cauldron and she's doing all of the things. The voodoo lady. Can't remember her name. Maybe she was a shaman too. I don't know. But this purple hair is on
6: fleek, baby. Skull staff. Let's go.
14: This lady has purple hair and she has a skull on a staff. That's pretty f***ing sick.
6: I'm the shaman of Kaula and the chief's sister. Ugh, wow, they are... Very different looking from one another.
0: I'm the shaman of the Coral Cola, and the chief's sister. <laughs> Together we have managed to manipulate everyone on Sea Island to think that we are in charge of everything. What was, was Dark Below? You have not mentioned anything
10: about Dark Below to know. Many wild monsters are said to be lying in wait in the Dark
5: Below. In the Dark Below. In the Dark, in the dark, dark below. below. Many wild monsters are said to be lying in wait in the Dark Below. But remember, the magic of the Southern Cross is always on your side.
14: But remember, the magic of the Southern Cross is always on your side.
1: But remember, the magic of the Southern Cross is always on your side.
6: But remember, the magic of the Southern Cross is always on your side. Well, thank goodness for that, because
9: you're sending a child out to monsters and darkness with his yo yo. Like, come on,
11: kind of establishes the story. The chief tells you your uncle's missing.
13: It's got bits of dialogue from the chief of the first village and the lady. The shaman tells you that there's wild monsters,
11: essentially, that you're going to have to fight, Uh, but it feels really out of place. It's just sort of dropped in. Um, I don't really know why.
1: And then it says, look for the southern cross in the sky
7: above to help you find your way. Good luck. Alrighty. (laughs) That's kind of interesting touch. So I guess is that like a constellation we're going to have to use for like a true north in the game? Does it does it really want us to like go outside and look up at the stars? That's
1: kind of interesting. Is that is that going to play a part in the game, like astronomy? Do we have to actually like map out the stars? Oh my god, this sounds amazing. I don't know. Although I think yeah, we're in the northern hemisphere, right? That's that's
13: only in this that's only in the southern hemisphere, I think. I cannot remember. I've not got it in front of me. I should have had it in front of me.
0: That's the end of the story, apparently.
1: If you're a fan of this podcast
4: and want to keep this show going,
12: help support us on Patreon. Where you can unlock tons of great content like... Early access to ad-free episodes. Behind-the-scenes clips. Extended cuts. Blooper reels. Bonus episodes.
8: And... A chance to pick the game we play next. Join our 1-Up Mushroom League.
6: Our exclusive DK Island Club.
8: Or the Hylian Royal Family with the power of the Triforce.
1: Just head on over to patreon.com slash the super switch club.
2: Link is in the show notes
9: what's up everybody my name is johnny and i am one of the co-hosts of the rapper's corner and remember the record youtube video podcasts obviously all of our content is on youtube but you can also find content under the rapper's corner on instagram x facebook tiktok the whole gamut we have spotify playlists by me johnny under johnny warbucks on Spotify, for each episode we release of Remember the Record and the Rappers Corner, we are interviewing rappers, producers, and other uh, adjacent hip hop artists, talent at least once a month. And it's just an opportunity to chop it up and help support some of these artists that are uh, maybe not as well known out there in the uh, the internet universe. For Remember the Record, we are getting together. And we're looking back on classic bangers from back in the day. The whole concept of the podcast is that growing up, me and my friends used to love sitting around talking about our favorite hip hop records. And I've learned from shows just like this that people love hearing about their favorite Things and just hearing people talk about them, and so we came together and decided to turn it into a podcast to help promote, support, and big up this genre of music that we love so much. So we talk about. Everybody that you can think of from the 80s and 90s era, we've gone through the gamut of Wu-Tang and Nas, the Lost Boys, to lesser knowns like uh, Funk Dubious, Psycho Realm, you name it, man. We're, we're talking about all of it, and we just have a good time. There's a couple of uh, good sticks and ongoing running jokes there, and we just have a really good time. And we hope that you come over to the podcast and just check us out. It's a small little podcast. We are not a big one. This is not high production. This is us sitting in a room just chopping it up. And you know what? Uh, We couldn't be happier with it. And we hope that you enjoy it as well. So once again, head over to YouTube and look up The Rapper's Corner or Remember the Record. And I'm Johnny, a.k.a. Johnny Warbucks, with my other partners Sir Puffalot and Kalishnikov Red. Check us out. YouTube. The Rapper's Corner. Remember the record? Do you remember the record? what, <laughs> Bubba
15: Bye. I'm Megan Slater
1: and I'm Eric Slater
15: and this is Nerdiogram.
1: Nerdiogram?
15: What's that? Nerdiagram is a podcast where we'll be exploring personality types through the lens of nerdy fandoms, pop culture, and the Enneagram. And what's an Enneagram again? The Enneagram is a personality test that helps to determine one's underlying motivations. It can help people understand themselves and others, as well as a resource for self-growth. Oh
1: yeah. In addition to the Enneagram, we'll be covering a wide spectrum of topics, including...
15: Spiral Dynamics. D&D
1: alignments,
15: tarot archetypes,
1: the hero's journey,
15: the zodiac,
1: eastern philosophy,
15: and the Myers-Briggs test.
1: I've heard of that one before.
15: <sighs> Nerdiogram is a part of the We Can Make This Work probably podcast network. You can find this and our other great shows at probablywork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Um, what's a podcast again?
15: <laughs> You're such a dork.
1: No lies detected.
11: From there, they go into the mechanics of, like, starting the game and saving it and stuff. After that, the manual
4: gets into, like, how to start the game, like, general stuff I'm not going to explain.
9: You uh, how to start the game. You press the on button, man, dude. They, uh, back in the day, you know, if you didn't tell people to turn on the game by pressing the power button... I don't know. We didn't have the internet back then, and I mean, things got really, really dark if we uh, couldn't get this thing to turn on by pressing that power button, man.
0: How to start the game. Shove it in as hard as you can, push it down,
8: and play. (laughs) I kind of skimmed past the instructions because it's all like, oh, you can, in the overworld map, or then in combat, and then you can jump or, like, none of that makes any sense until I'm actually playing the game, so
2: that's fine. How to play the game. Well, how hard could it be? There's a D-pad, B and A, and start select. I'll refer
8: back to it when I start complaining that I don't know how the game works.
2: Uh, How to
11: play the game.
4: Yeah, the controls are pretty standard fare for an action RPG.
11: They get into, like, the controls and that kind of thing. It's all very normal. It's an NES. There's not that many buttons to deal with. You know, you got your up, your down, your left, your right.
6: And then during the battle stage, it's giving us our attack and our jump, which is, you know, this is an NES game, so there's, a, there's two buttons. There's A and B, so there's literally just attack or jump. So I, I should be okay with this. So B is attack, A is jump. I, I mean, I should be okay. That's what the B button does. <laughs> I don't know.
5: The D-pad moves, Mike, or the sub C, whatever that is. You know, blah, de, blah, de, blah,
14: Okay, we get new heart every time we advance to a new chapter, Zelda.
1: Um, apparently you can use the select button to quickly choose a new weapon without stopping the battle.
14: One of my favorite things about like looking at old games is looking for things that haven't been like standardized yet. Like there's that old uh, aliens versus Marines review where it's like, and you move with the left stick and you aim with the right stick. Oh, this is crazy.
6: So this is cool. It teaches us how to create our own mic. I like that.
14: Um, But there's a good one in the Star Tropics manual. Instead of delete your save file, it's erasing an old mic.
6: It also teaches us how to erase an old mic. Now I'm getting a little bit worried. At
14: the elimination mode, select the mic you want to erase and press start.
2: Erasing an old mic. Wow, we're just going to erase the old mic?
14: I I just think that's that's funny. Mics are not cheap.
7: God, there's so much stuff that we, we take for granted today because they just feel so like natural and maybe it's because we've been playing games for 30 years but I feel kids don't need instruction booklets to get some of the stuff like being able to move around with the d-pad or that you face a person then press A to bring up the person's words on screen.
11: One thing that this game has that I think is kind of interesting that I don't really remember seeing in other games of the era is being able to replay previous chapters in the game.
2: Reviewing the previous chapter, what does that mean? That that seems different for an NES game.
12: Wow, there's a review the previous chapter mode? And you can review previous chapters,
9: which is nice. I kind of wish the other Zeldas would be like, go back to Dungeon 1, that would be cool. I
11: don't really see the point, to be honest, but um, yeah, you know, it's an interesting feature like they're they're trying things which I think is great.
12: Yo, you can <laughs> go back to old chapters that you've beaten? That's really cool. Huh. That's handy. I can't think of other games that did something like that at this time. I mean, we have chapter select now, and there were probably some games with chapter select, but that's that's fascinating. Oh,
14: hang on. There's an
12: important tip here. True Game
14: Masters always try the review mode just to be certain that they haven't missed any important clues. True Game Masters always try the review mode.
7: Yeah, man. That's right, man.
9: Good to
2: know.
7: (laughs) Just calling people Game Masters just feels, A, in the very 80s. But also, I I just get the the image of Gerard the Completionist. Like, I've just got to 100% this game because I'm a true Game Master.
3: Behold, the ultimate warp zone. Captain
2: N, the Game Master. Okay, report into me if you think you're a Game Master.
9: Game Master Johnny in effect, baby. Sounds like a name of a DJ. A bat
2: <laughs> This is kinda of funny.
6: Ah, oh, check it out. Apparently a battery was used to retain the player's game data for five years.
2: However, depending on the conditions under which the game pack is kept, such as exposure to high temperatures, etc., life of the battery may be short.
6: The life of the battery might be shortened.
2: All right, guys, don't leave your cartridges outside in your car or in the yard or
5: whatever.
6: There you go. I didn't know that's how they did that.
5: I have even tested my cartridge of Star Tropics. Hope it works. Neat. Oh, that's nice. Your game data is saved automatically. Great. I hated that about Legend of Zelda. You either had to die to save your game or pull some Kojima nonsense with a second controller.
2: Now saving your data, dot Refrain from turning power off. or were saying? I mean, we still get that in like PS5 games today, so.
5: Uh, oh yeah, we got to make sure we are compliant with FCC regulations. You need the ID code to work the submergible system. What the hell? I guess we'll find out what that is later.
14: There's two different phases of the video game. We have travel stage and battle stage. There is the travel
10: mode with tiny almost detail-less sprites where you move around the sea islands and are able to talk to people.
2: Kind of like a oh no, it's trying to seem like
1: Zelda 2. Most islanders are friendly and know who you are. Try speaking to them.
5: And it seems as though the travel phase kind of looks and operates like an old school Final Fantasy.
14: Travel stage looks like uh, Dragon Questy kind of, where you like walk around the world map and, and talk to guys and stuff.
6: Tells you how to talk to the other NPCs. Face a person,
1: then press the A button to bring up the person's words on the screen. I don't know why they don't say talk, but <laughs> okay. The conversation progresses by using the A button. Arrows indicate
4: if there is more to be said.
7: And that arrows indicate, there's more to be said with the dialogue boxes.
4: There's a a non-combat traversing the map and talking to people mode, and you know for going around towns and maybe the overworld map.
6: So it tells you the controls during the travel stage where we can talk to people and submerge. Do we get to swim in this? that that could be that could be fun. I and, mean, apparently you can't use any weapons during the travel stage, which, Fair enough.
10: And then there is the main battle phase or battle mode.
4: And then the dungeons have a mode where you can jump around and uh use weapons.
10: When you are in dungeons and able to fight enemies, hop around, find hidden switches and dodge traps and that sort of thing.
2: When Mike enters a tunnel or cave, the battle stage oh, this is seeming way too much like Zelda 2 now.
14: Why did I agree to do this? and then battle stage it looks like a zelda
5: the ui across the bottom of the screen shows a couple of slots for a basic weapon and special weapons
4: but i will tell you looking at the screenshots of the front end menu when they say this game was the American Zelda, they lifted that front end menu directly from Zelda with the save screen,
14: the, the new game registration, choosing a name. Okay, I am now convinced that this is very Zelda-y, um, despite not playing it yet, because I see on the how to start the game screen, we see the title screen, and this is it's literally just, f-ing, it's just Zelda 1.
5: Which looks virtually identical to the file select screen from The Legend of Zelda.
14: But yeah, so it's, you know,
11: it's definitely stolen from Legend of Zelda here. They explain a little bit about, like, weapons and magic items that go along with weapons. It feels very Zelda-like.
9: It's the same exact thing. Like, you got your little character, you put in your name, got your little hearts, you got your three save spots. Very cool. Yeah, you know, very Legend of
5: Zelda. Looking at the screenshot here, the battle stage looks practically like a dungeon ripped straight out of Legend of Zelda. Uh,
11: I think at this point, that's what it reminds me the most of based on the manual alone got a whole inventory
9: i never caught the zelda idea when i first played this game
14: it's the exact same screen from zelda one we'll see what the gameplay is like
5: okay game you had my curiosity now you have my attention i see it all now but i just i don't
9: know maybe i just really love the letter c
1: this really is a lot like the original legend of zelda for the NES, which we also still have to play one of these days for this podcast
11: so then it goes into a section where you look over the weapons and items that are available to your character as you play, just to kind of give you a preview.
6: All of our like items, so we have energy, we have lives, we have stars. Are we stealing stars in this game?
4: Let's see what weapons we get in this game. Got your basic weapon, your
1: special weapons.
10: Weapons, items, and magic items.
6: That's cool, I'm interested in learning the lore of this game and where we get the magic from. Bottles of medicine, stars,
1: number of lives, energy. Yep, yep, yep.
6: There's also bottles of medicine and special weapons and basic weapons, there you go.
2: Fight enemies courageously. I know you get a yo-yo. Mike starts his adventure with basic weapon, the island yo-yo. Because
7: this is America in the 80s. Of course, every kid has a yo-yo to beat stuff down with. Uh, and of course, his primary weapon
10: is the yo-yo. Probably the most notable is the legendary
7: island yo-yo. So instead of a sword and shield, your character wields a yo-yo. Um. And your weapon is a yo-yo. Um,
3: yeah. You get to use a yo-yo as a weapon. Uh, um.
12: A yo-yo!
3: And... Like the coolest comic book character in the world, uh, Mike Allred's Madman, also uses yo-yos as a weapon. Yo! The only other game I can think of that uses a yo yo's weapon is Earthbound. I mean, just the fact that Star Tropics is in that yo yo weapon club should tell you how awesome it is.
11: Which uh, I think that's the other thing. Everybody that knows about Star Tropics knows the main weapon is a yo yo that was supposedly
10: passed down from the Coral Island ancestors
11: and is given to Mike. People find this hilarious. I don't really get why. Uh, to be honest.
9: I like the the outfit here where you have your little yo-yo and it gets more cool and stronger and you get these crazy little items that you pretty much won't use, but they're still cool.
10: And It is his main form of defense against all of the creatures that live just below the surface.
2: Oh yeah, that's what I always use to kill haters as well, my yo-yo.
6: Oh, it's going to teach us how to fight enemies courageously.
2: Okay, let's talk combat.
1: There are three types of basic
7: weapons. All right, weapons.
9: Yeah, so you choose your weapon, moving the left or right control pad to choose any of the weapons Mike possesses. And then you press start to return to the battle. That doesn't interrupt the flow or immersion whatsoever.
6: Apparently, Mike starts his adventure with the basic weapon, the island yo-yo. A yo-yo!
9: Man, I had a, a yo-yo, what do you call those yo-yos that like, y- they just, you don't ever have to wind them up? You know, the super ball, the super yo-yo, ultra yo-yo, I don't know. That would have been something I could have knocked somebody over the face with. Matter of fact, I'm kind of surprised I never did after, be- after playing the game. you think you would have gone to school and just knocked somebody out. Around the world! The Island Yo-Yo
1: This legendary weapon was passed down from Sea Island ancestors.
6: This island yo-yo is so powerful that you can do damage to almost all of your enemies.
5: Okay so it is a weapon.
6: However some tough monsters await you. You need the help of special weapons or magic items, which are hidden underground. You'll need to find these hidden items in the battle stage. Fair enough,
13: sounds cool. It's got details of the different yo-yos he can use, all the different tools and weapons he can use.
9: I love that the basic weapon is just a yo-yo.
14: Which is apparently a legendary weapon. Uh... Okay, so the three weapons Mike has, we have the island yo-yo, the legendary weapon passed down from Sea Island Ancestors. You got the shooting star. And then uh, we can upgrade to the shooting star, the Queen of she powerful weapon.
1: You must have six red hearts in order to use it.
14: And it looks like the yo-yo can be
4: upgraded to uh, a
9: shooting star. But it becomes the shooting star, the queen of Sheikola's powerful weapon.
2: We got a shooting star. Holy shit. (laughs) We just did like a big upgrade right there. It looks like
5: your basic
2: ball and chain.
4: (laughs) I guess you'd call it a morning star. It's like a spiked ball on the end of a chain.
5: The shooting star, which is just a flail.
6: Dude, it's like a ball and chain, but a spiky ball and chain.
14: It looks like something Bowser would use in Super Mario RPG. That's uh, that's actually kind of savage you go from using a
1: yo-yo to like a, a mace That's f-ing cool And then we have the supernova and then there is what's called a supernova eventually you get the
2: supernova Okay So we went from a yo-yo to a supernova and I'm kind of concerned
14: this weapon is only rumored to exist
6: And it is said that you must have 11 red hearts to use it
5: correctly that thing is dope Oh, that sounds fun.
6: Oh, dude, it's like pulling out the Master Sword in Breath of the Wild. That's cool.
1: This weapon is only rumored to exist.
14: Okay, well, if it's only rumored to exist, then that's probably not even going to be in the game.
7: If there's a rumor in any fictional story, that rumor always turns out to be true. And it should just be a permanent thing,
9: especially once you get into those last stupid levels. Oh, my gosh, I know we're going to get into it down the road. Interesting. Special weapons.
6: Let's have a look at our special weapons. Let's see. We have uh, fire, which is just a a stick on fire. Baseball bat.
2: We got a baseball bat.
6: Uh, we have a baseball bat. A plain old baseball bat. Uh, super classy. We've got some other weapons here. We've got a baseball
7: bat because America. Uh, same thing with a slingshot. Slingshot.
6: We've got a slingshot to channel our inner Dennis the Menace.
2: A slingshot. We are going all over the map here as far as... How powerful in real life these weapons will be.
6: Bola, which is like two balls on each end of a bit of rope.
2: A bola twister, which is one of those things that has two balls on. Never mind, I'm just not gonna
6: touch that one. So it's the kind of thing I assume that you would like throw at some bad guys' ankles as they were running towards you and then they would face plant. I don't know how you get it back. Hopefully, it's kind of like a boomerang. And fire. <laughs>
4: Fire. (laughs) And
1: fire. Fire. (laughs) Yeah, those are pretty standard. Those actually sound a lot more like basic weapons rather than special weapons, but that's just me. Oh, it keeps going. And then we got spiked shoes.
11: Some of the special weapons look interesting. There's some stuff like a mirror that looks like it probably reflects projectiles. A miracle mirror. That one's kind of interesting sounding.
14: We got some special weapons. We got fire. We got a slingshot. We got a baseball bat. We got some bolas. We got wonder horsehide. A wonder horsehide. A
5: wonder horsehide.
6: And there's even a wonder horsehide.
14: The wonder horsehide in parentheses, baseball. Which is a baseball. Uh, Which is just a
10: baseball that Mike can throw.
14: In parentheses,
10: baseball?
6: Question mark. Baseball. That's just a baseball. What kind of name? Never mind. So that's that's cool. I wonder if you can use the baseball bat and the baseball in like unison for uh, extra damage. What?
2: Are baseballs made from horses?
11: Okay, I got, I got some Googling to do after
2: this.
6: There's some sort of
11: spiky shoes. The spikes, which are just some really spiky cleats. Maybe that's for, you know, traversal uh, of different landscapes and that kind of thing.
6: Like for ice climbing?
11: So uh, it, g- it gives kind of the impression that the game is going to expand as you play through it. Not just cleats, but spikes. And there's this
7: really cool artwork of Mike doing like this flying kick with these huge spikes on the bottom of his shoes.
2: That seems like it'd be very difficult to walk on, but also to injure people with unless you caught them by surprise, but okay, I'll just go with it. The asterisk. The next weapon is an asterisk, which is a font character but also it's twin crossblades.
14: We got a miracle mirror. We got spiky shoes. We got a asterisk, which just looks like shurikens. Like just your run of the mill ninja stars. I'm guessing
2: that's supposed to be like a shuriken type of deal.
1: Press the B button to throw and press it again to
14: split them. Well, that's kind of interesting. It says they're twin crossblades. Okay. Twin cross bleeds. It's a, it's a shuriken, it looks like.
6: Oh, it's a ninja star. Dude, it's a ninja star. Okay, I can see why Ben likes this game so much. This has got some cool weapons.
1: And other special weapons will help you. So when you press pause, you can choose a weapon or use your magic items.
6: What else have we
8: got? Magic items. Oh, and magic exists in this world.
1: Beat enemies to win small hearts or stars. That's cool. Each small heart restores Mike's energy by one mark.
6: Oh, we have to collect. Oh, there we go. Here, we collect a total of five stars and it restores energy by one mark.
1: Collecting a total of five stars also restores his energy by one mark.
6: So it's five
9: stars in total? Hmm. You always got to have your hearts, little collectible stars that help uh,
0: restore energy. You got your magic potion.
2: Looks like Mike has hearts for energy. Is is this literally Zelda?
5: Hearts for Mike's energy, very Zelda-like. This is all straight out of Zelda, man. Okay, this is just straight up Zelda at this point.
14: When Mike loses a total of three lives, the game is over. You must try again from the beginning of the battle stage. Okay, so if you die in the dungeon three times, you go back to the start. I wonder if, like, doors stay open and stuff.
5: Get attacked, lose a heart. Lose all your hearts, lose a life. Lose all your lives, game over. Try again from the beginning of the battle stage.
14: Yeah, because even in Zelda 1, if you game over, like all your shit would be still open, right? I'm pretty sure. Useful tips. Reach for small hearts
1: or stars by using the island yo-yo.
14: Everybody remember that. You can use your yo-yo to collect
1: shit, just like real life. Try finding these hidden items. Big heart increases Mike's life level, which shows the max capacity of his energy.
6: Same heart system as Legend of Zelda. It's like collecting heart containers in Zelda. That's
9: cool. We love our hearts. Nintendo, I heart you, baby.
1: Medicine, restores Mike's energy by five marks.
6: There's medicine bottles, which is like uh, catching a fairy in a bottle in Zelda.
1: Blah, blah, blah. Lots of magic items. It says magic items of temporary ability, impossible to store for later use. Okay.
9: You can't carry over any special weapons or magic items to the next battle stage. Now that, my friends, is annoying as hell. Particularly like once you start getting like bats and slingshots and things that could be useful. Sure would have liked to have those carry on over to the other spot. But, uh... I get like you know some of these things, your little snowman or whatever. I get it, but come on, man, make the game a little particularly towards the end, and this gets super ugly. Uh, those include
1: apparently a watch. It's, it's like a stopwatch. It says stop slow. Oh, there's a there's a stopwatch. There's an anklet with the um the feather on it i'm wondering if that helps you jump or fly
6: and an anklet with wings on it a lantern
1: that's pretty standard there's a rod of sight that looks like a DD item that's pretty cool
6: and a rod of sight and a lantern why would you need a lantern and a rod of sight is the rod of sight like the lens of truth? There's going to be a lot of me referencing Zelda in this. could I'm sorry. Oh my! god,
14: There's so many items, dude. Snowman doll, rod of sight, lantern. Stop. Slow. Anklet. Vitamin X. Try your luck sign. Try your luck sign.
6: <laughs> What's that even do? And a try your luck.
1: Huh. Whatever that's all about. I,
7: I want to know what the try your luck sign does. You get
1: a random snow snowman, a snowman doll.
6: Is it a snowman doll?
7: A snowman doll?
1: What the f**k? That's interesting.
7: What's a snowman doll do? Why don't they have a description here for snowman doll?
6: And some vitamins. I like some temporary magic items. Yeah, all right.
5: I haven't the slightest idea what the majority of these are even for. And
6: then there is an item
1: called vitamin X. (laughs) vitamin x god
11: (laughs) it's uh it's a pill of some kind i don't know what that what that is (laughs) they also talk about various magic items and things to collect
9: and of course the second you use it and you find out it's the only one you have and you've screwed the pooch because now you got to start all over because you needed to save that for the boss or some special room Ah, there are some things they could have been a little better about that's for sure
11: magic items that seem to act like spells that will help along the way at the bottom it says and other special weapons will help you and other magic items will help you does all kind of have a very zelda vibe uh, which you know nothing wrong with zelda right vitamin x okay
14: (laughs) and then another one of the best things about nes game manuals is the uh, enemy illustrations then
1: we got a whole bunch of enemies listed
5: and rounding out the end of the manual are some of the enemies we'll encounter.
6: Oh, and then it's going to go over all the enemies that we're going to fight. After going over the and
11: stuff, it does uh, show you kind of a preview of the enemies that you're going to be fighting along the way. Various enemies. Yeah, there is a jelly
14: slug. We have jelly, a slug with acid venom. I think of like the Futurama slugs.
6: Oh my God, it's a slug and it's got little eyes and everything.
14: His sprite, it looks like a goofy snail without a shell, but this picture is like a horrific demon with a gigantic eyeball popping out of it, like leaving a trail of slime.
6: That's pretty damn cute. Uh There's rats.
1: Not another rat. Just, you know, literal rats that I guess roam around
2: in caves. I just played Plague Tale. I'm done with rats.
6: There's a bat, because of course there's bats.
2: A quick little bat, and it looks almost exactly like a zoo bat. Nocto, a quick little bat.
6: I like that. Snakes.
14: Don't step on snake.
6: And there's a rat. And there's a snake called a looper.
14: Looper. A snake inhabits the dark underground.
7: A lot of these are standard fare. There's rats and
6: snakes and bats. Even the bad guys,
9: when you're looking at some of these bad guys, you got the snakes, you got the bats, even those little slug things, the rats. This is all bad guys from The Legend of Zelda.
14: And a huge sea serpent. Sea serpent, a huge sea monster inhabits the cave of Sea Island.
6: But instead of S-E-A, it's a C as in the letter C.
14: It's C like the letter, not C like the ocean. That's pretty creepy.
6: Fair enough.
11: And this is actually really interesting because I remember some of these. I didn't. I didn't think I remembered anything from this game, honestly. Oh, back to the enemies here. We got more enemies.
1: Uh, there's a floppy fish called Mudo
14: Fish. Next enemy page. We got a magic harp, which is all in this game is called a Mudo Fish. Fish, a tropical fish that can crawl on the ground. Dude, he's evolving. It's our ancestors, the muddlefish spinastar, a mutant starfish with thorns,
6: a mutant starfish with thorns. So it's, it's, it's a crown of thorns, that's cool. Octot,
1: uh, an octopus looking creature called the octot.
6: Aww.
14: A jumpy cave dweller is just a Octarock. You can't trick me. There's puff. <laughs> Puff, a blowfish-like monster inhabits the water.
6: Uh, Puff, a blowfish-like monster that inhabits the water. I don't think I want to go in the water in this game anymore. All of a sudden, I'm, uh, I'm put off.
11: But like they show Octo the Huge, which is this giant pink octopus, and Octo
1: the Huge, which is basically just a massive mutant octopus. I guess it's very terrifying.
7: I remember fighting that in the game, like a leviathan, like... Of course, an island is going to have a boss that's a huge octopus.
5: And what looks like a giant pink kraken called Octo the Huge
7: like a Lovecraftian
14: horror. <laughs> okay, these th- that must be a boss because he's huge. The bosses were pretty
9: cool in this game. Even then, like, you got one, a giant octal rock. Like, I get it. Cthulhu's cousin. A lot of this stuff is... I mean, even, like, the one thing is called an octot, a jumpy cave dweller. The octot straight up looks like a low-budget octo rock, but that's cool, man.
5: Even further are when things get interesting. Dodo,
1: one tough bird. Um, We got a dodo... Uh, that's interesting. It says one tough bird. Uh, I mean, he'd have to be pretty tough considering dodos went extinct like I want to say 200 years ago because they were dumb. So, yeah, that, that should be interesting. I guess we're going to re-extinct a species. That's fun. We also got to fight ninja monkeys. There's a ninja monkey? Because... And of course there is. I am not joking. Ninja Monkey is is the next enemy on the list.
6: It's a mutant winged island monkey. A winged mutant island monkey. Great.
1: <laughs> That's the best description I have ever read of anything. And then there is this terrifying, absolutely terrifying looking like flamingo like creature except
6: its head is skeletal. There's a bone head, which is a mutant ostrich that looks Oh, dude, that thing's... That thing's horrifying. Oh, I love that. Is that... We don't know. It's the bonehead. A mutant ostrich. Oh,
0: that
7: looks great. Oh, man, that's going to be... I'm going to change that to my Discord picture. It's got feathers up until its neck. Bonehead? A mutant ostrich that looks like it's just an ostrich skeleton, but with feathers? That's a, that's a fantastic enemy sprite. The
0: actual sprite in the game is pretty dog shit. It's called a bonehead. Ugh...
1: It's uh, apparently a mutant ostrich. That's literally what it says. It's a
14: mutant ostrich. I,
0: I kind of love that. A bit like when Sub Zero rips people's heads off and the spine's still attached.
14: A mutant ostrich. It's an ostrich with a skull for a face. That is sick as hell. Birdo skull head on the top of it. it looks, looks great. Metal as f- ninja monkey. The ninja monkey. A winged mutant island monkey. Getting kind of Oz up in here.
7: I mean, it's just a winged monkey, but <laughs> what, what makes it a ninja? We're
1: fighting ninja monkeys, dodo birds, and mutant ostriches. This game is epic already, and I haven't even pressed start yet. This is awesome. More enemies.
6: God, the enemies keep going. (sighs)
1: And then we got this horrific looking creature coming up out of the mud called
14: Mad
0: Muddy. Some cool pixel art though. Look at this, that looks like a Grimer before Grimer was a real thing.
14: Mad Muddy, a gummy goblin that inhabits the lava swamp.
6: Uh, Mad Muddy, which is uh, Muck from Pokemon.
14: Apparently, he is
1: a gummy goblin that inhabits the lava swamp. Whoa, I'm. There's like been like a crazy escalation here from like rats, like ba- your basic rats and snakes, to ninja monkeys and mud monsters in a lava swamp. This is pretty insane this is awesome
9: I love the bad guys in this game mad muddy what a name ninja monkey I don't know how I feel about ninja monkey
6: magma the fierce this is some some good names here magma the fierce which looks also utterly horrifying
7: magma the fierce
14: magma the fierce is just a, a fire what looks like a monk on fire is there a dude in there there might be a dude in there it's a giant fire tornado
1: so curious to find out what that's all about.
7: Is this like bosses are the last uh, enemy we see on each page?
14: We got Bone Dog, a skeleton canine. Oh, there's a skeletal canine called Bone Dog. Dude, this art is so good.
1: Oh, this Bone Dog, oh my God. Anywho, I, I want to say it gets worse or maybe it gets better. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot more enemies here. Um, there's mummies, uh, Moomoo's as they call them in the manual. A little slow afoot, it says.
14: Moo Moo, a little slow afoot is a mummy. And then these little ghosts
11: called Minnie and these larger ghosts called Maxi. They show two ghost creatures called Minnie and Maxi, and I a hundred percent recognize those as well.
14: We got Minnie and Maxi, they're ghosts. And it says,
11: I kid you not, the ghosts with the most. <laughs> So I don't know how far I got into this game, but I guess it's farther than I thought. And there is a skull.
6: Well, these are going to be fun to talk about later. There's, there's, lots, of, there's lots of skeleton things, so Skelly should enjoy that.
14: We got Skull, who's a flying menace. <laughs> Literally just says skull,
1: and it says a flying menace. So it's more than just a skull, because it's flying of its own. A cord. that's kind of terrifying isn't it like floating skulls okay
5: skull a flying menace brett what are you doing here
1: moving on we got mr armstrong <laughs> it's this like zombified hand that comes up out of the ground apparently and it says shake hands with bad luck no, thank you. I'm good. I wonder what that guy does. He's just a hand that pops out of the gun. Is he like a wall master, maybe? And last, but certainly not least, is
5: the Pirate Ghoul. Pirate Ghoul. And Pirate Ghoul, a skeleton with a sword.
7: I mean, these are all just standard undead enemies. You've got mummies and skulls and skeleton dogs. You got your mummies, your skeletons, even the hands. Like,
9: you got your ghosts. A ghoul? Come on, man. You couldn't switch it up a little bit?
5: Uh, I don't know many other enemies await you as well wonder what else there is that they're not showing us
1: that's right we got zombie pirates mummies mutant ostriches the extinct dodo bird ninja monkeys and a giant octopus i don't know how this game could get any better
5: At the very end of the manual is an entry about the Southern Cross. Uh,
2: next page is Mike looking up at the stars. Oh, look, we've got an
14: explanation of the Southern Cross.
11: The manual finishes with a reference to the Southern Cross. And then we got a
1: page here where Mike's pointing up at the stars.
14: And then we see a picture of Mike pointing out a
1: constellation.
11: Then we see the constellation for the Southern Cross. Which is a um, constellation in the sky of the Southern Hemisphere. Which
0: Mike shouldn't be able to see from
10: his location. The Southern Cross is an actual constellation that people that live in the Southern Hemisphere of the planet Earth use to actually navigate much like the people in the Northern Hemisphere use the Big Dipper and the North Star and
11: all that. We don't really see it here in the US. I don't have an eye for constellations. I'm sure Elise probably has a little more to say about it from a real world perspective. you
10: would definitely have to confer with Elise, though, about whether or not it has some mystical properties. It says, The Southern Cross is one of the most beautiful constellations
14: in the southern sky. Do they spell constellations right? I think they spelled that incorrectly.
7: They forgot a dang L in this word. Island sailors use the Southern Cross as a guide for navigating the often dangerous island waters.
0: Island sailors use the Southern Cross as a guide for navigating the often dangerous island waters.
11: But at least in the game, they talk about it being very distinctive in the Southern Hemisphere and also attached to like magic powers and strange abilities and such. So uh, they're kind of setting up for, I guess, the more magical elements of the game.
14: In addition to its use in navigation, the island mystics talk of the strange power that the Southern Cross is said to give to those who look at it in a timely of crisis
1: the island mystics talk of the strange power that the southern cross is said to give to those who look to it in time of crisis
5: well at least this is in your neck of the woods so you should be in good shape Man,
9: that's
2: it's really interesting <laughs> oh my god i bet that's gonna be important
9: none of this matters man why are we even talking about it
5: well that about does it for the manual I'm really excited to get,
4: oh wait. What I want to finish with today though is the coolest part of this manual.
13: Uh, There's also, I know famously, there's the letter from your uncle.
4: Oh, the PDF does have the letter in here. And in fact, it wasn't even the manual. It was a separate sheet of
14: paper that came inside the game box. And then this game has a really cool little unique thing uh, where it comes with the instruction booklet and then it also comes with a letter.
7: Ooh, this is a big
14: letter we
0: get. I love the fact that you get this little note. Oh, hang on, there's a letter here. Oh, it's the letter from
6: Uncle Steve. Oh,
0: that's cool. That's actually
6: cool. I like that. That's a nice little twist. And here at the very end, we have our letter to Mike from Uncle Steve.
4: The letter from Mike's Uncle Steve.
11: Yeah, Uncle
6: Steve. The manual
11: also, when it was released, came with a letter, like a full page letter from your uncle, Steve, that you're looking for to the main character, Mike. Uh, I got my
10: game secondhand when I was a kid, so we didn't
11: have this letter. And
1: lastly, we have a letter from the one and only Dr. Jones.
6: Dear Mike
1: I am sorry I did not write you sooner I just returned
14: from a long voyage
6: But I just returned from a long voyage in the islands in search of lost ruins and artifacts
14: I was very pleased to find your letter upon my return
6: Boy, time sure is flying by
14: Boy, time sure is flying by Last time I saw you, you were just starting
1: school
6: Last time I saw you, you were knee high to a grasshopper just starting school
1: And now 15 years old, an honor student and captain of your high school
12: baseball team. And now, 15 years old, an honor student, and captain of your high school baseball team. Wow, as a 15 year old, that's what, like a sophomore? I guess depending on time of year, freshman, sophomore?
14: I think it's a great idea that you visit me during your vacation. I'm sure
1: you'll enjoy the tropical islands, the blue water, and the friendly people you'll find living under the
14: Southern Cross. You can even take a cruise in my super submarine. Which is a normal thing that you would ride to your nephew. There's a, there's a submarine in this game? Sub That's freaking
1: awesome. Great name, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm, what a great name. Best name ever.
1: I hope it's yellow.
14: <laughs> Do not take the submarine down to the Titanic. Do not,
5: Mike.
6: I have enclosed some pictures and a map of Sea Island for you.
5: That's exciting. I have enclosed some pictures and a map of Sea Island for you. Oh, that's sweet.
6: Hope to see you soon and give my regards to your family.
14: Sincerely, Uncle Steve.
6: Sincerely, Uncle Steve. Thing
14: is like a four leaf clover stamp. Sincerely, Uncle Steve. Uncle Steve.
2: Sincerely, Uncle Steve. Which is written in a
14: handwriting thing, then printed also. The first Uncle Steve was his signature, the second is.
4: You know, you know how letters work. And there's a note at the bottom of this letter. And then at the very
1: bottom, it says... <laughs> Caution. <laughs> do, what? Caution. Do not taste, eat, or otherwise consume this paper. Caution. Do not taste,
8: eat, or otherwise consume this paper. And I'm really curious to know why the the game manual itself cautions you to... <laughs> do not taste, eat, or otherwise consume this paper. <laughs> Caution.
4: Do not taste, eat, or otherwise consume this paper. Referring to the attached
8: letter from your your uncle.
7: I, I didn't know we'd need that uh, that warning, but good on you, Nintendo, I guess.
5: Yeah, my first thought was, oh, I'm a bit peckish. I could use a snack. I'm going to eat this f-ing letter. What in the world?
7: Now that
10: I am looking
1: at a picture of it, uh, at the very bottom, it does say, note. This letter is very important, so please hold on to it till the end of the game Ooh, what could
8: that be that's kind of that's kind of interesting so that note is to me the the player but also why are they telling me the player not to eat or
11: consume the paper and that actually contains a secret i'm not going to spoil that secret because uh we've
13: been told not to i mean it's a really cool idea
5: this is super super cool now i have been made to understand that this letter serves an important purpose apart from just being supplemental material included with the manual
4: that's pretty interesting (laughs) and i'm not going to tell you right now why that's important and how that will come to pan out
12: i won't disclose ...today on our instruction manual episode. They want to discourage rentals and encourage people
5: buying the game. It's apparently actually required for a game progression... Well, am I supposed to like, shine a light on it or something?
9: But rest assured, we are going to share it because we want you to come along with our journey.
1: I guess uh, I guess we'll find out what that means as we go on uh, later on. That's intriguing. There's that a mystery to that. And this is just the first one of the big
10: mean tricks that the game tries to play on you before you even start it.
5: Well, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it.
7: And this is... One of the things that the game's pretty nefarious for.
12: I think this game came out 90 was the trademark, so 33 years later. It's not so cool, because we don't have that page anymore.
7: None of us have this instruction
6: booklet anymore. But again, we have the internet. Caution, do not taste, eat, or otherwise consume this paper. Note, this letter is very important, so please hold on to it until the end of the game.
9: I love it, I love it. I don't understand,
8: like, were kids eating? <laughs> were kids eating manuals? during the height of NES, I might have missed something. Hey all you NES nostalgia heads out there, let me know what was happening. What was happening in the 90s?
11: We're going to talk about it when it comes up in the game. We'll get to that later when it becomes important, but it's it's kind of an depending on how you look at it, it's either a nice touch or not. And I think it's going to make some great entertainment this
4: season. Yeah.
11: So we might have to revisit the manual at some point.
4: We'll dig in more.
5: But with a letter out of the way, that is the actual end of the manual. And we are ready to get started on this game.
8: I've read the manual, and let's just say, I
12: have some questions. So, his uncle is Dr. Jones, which, okay, I guess actually that makes a lot of sense. I should have been able to put that together, because if it's the uncle, there's a chance it's either his father's brother or his mother's brother. So yeah, I guess it could have been a different last name. I kind of wish it was. Mike
8: Jones, 15-year-old protagonist, asks us if we've heard of his Uncle Steve. Famous archaeologist Steve Jones. Let's assume a direct relation to
12: Indiana Jones. I'm going to go with a cousin. Okay, hold on. He's captain of his baseball team, and he's from Seattle. What vacation is he taking? Maybe it's spring break. No, but even then, maybe it's Thanksgiving break or Christmas break. Because when you think about it, if he's playing baseball... He's not taking a summer vacation. His whole summer is baseball. It's completely packed. And spring break, uh, maybe. Maybe he can take spring break. But the really good baseball teams are probably starting their practices around then. So he's probably practicing during spring break as well.
8: So Indiana Jones's cousin Steve is the uncle to our protagonist Michael. Michael says that he's actually never met Steve... But received a letter from him inviting Michael to stay with Uncle Steve at his laboratory on Sea Island, the letter C island in the Coral Sea. Okay? Mike never met his Uncle Steve, got a letter inviting him to go there. Good. Now, helpfully, the manual includes the very letter that Uncle Steve has sent Mike. In this letter, Mike says, I was very pleased to find your letter upon my return. Boy, time is sure flying by. Last time I saw you, emphasis mine. Last time I saw you, you were just starting school. So, Mike, have you or have you not met your uncle? (laughs) This is, what is happening here? This doesn't make any sense. Wait, Mike said he never met Steve. Just starting school? I mean, okay, could that be what? Kindergarten, first grade? I think you could still remember meeting your uncle. Or was Steve weirdly just watching his nephew go to school
12: and not talking to him? I don't know. I have questions. So, I suppose it could be around Thanksgiving. I suppose it could be around Christmas. And it is warm throughout the game. And if we're in the southern hemisphere, granted, they're all islands, so they should just be warm. But maybe it's winter in the northern hemisphere.
8: And yeah, sure. Is this maybe just. Something easily explained away. Of course it is, of course it is. But there were other weird dangling threads in this manual that started to make me question
12: everything. This looks tropical. Where the Where the is tropical? A helicopter ride away from Seattle. Which I know Bill is gonna be like, how did someone take a helicopter from Seattle to the Southern hemisphere? Hang on, Google Maps. But come on there's oh, loads of islands near Seattle. I didn't realize it was
0: quite like that. What the hell? Olympic National Park. Oh, so there's like, like, there's like a whole, like, it's almost like, oh, I don't know what the word is like. A delta? Is that what it is? You no, know, it's like, it's almost like a river has finally met the sea, but it's all like broken up islands and isn't like the end of the mainland yet. And obviously you've got like Canada just above it.
12: Just because it was a long helicopter ride doesn't mean he didn't take a plane to somewhere close and helicopter from there. There's no landing strip on Sea Island. So, boat and helicopter make the most sense. Is this real?
8: So, for example, let's continue. Mike makes it to Sea
7: Island. I'm sure the C in that stands for coral, because of the coral sea. But with how, like, plastered this game is with, like, Americana, I see Sea Island and can't think of anything else but Coney Island. And
8: there's a village on the island. He says that this is
0: a tropical island. Is that where Vancouver is? I never knew that, but I'm not... I'm not, like, seeing any tropical (laughs) islands. He meets the chief, Chief Coracola,
8: clearly a white guy. And I, I mean, you know, it just seems unusual that you would have a white man as the chief of a tropical island. Until you consider that Mike says he got to this island by flying in a helicopter from Seattle. You can't get to a tropical island in a helicopter from Seattle without flying a huge amount of distance. A helicopter can go like 300 miles before needing to refuel. And I guess maybe it refueled, but you would take a goddamn airplane to get
0: to the tropics from Seattle. I don't know. I don't know what the, the climate is like around there, but I'm not seeing any islands in this sea nearby. I and mean, there's a few little ones, but uh.
8: So, this is clearly a fake tropical island off the coast of Washington State that someone has set up for some reason. And I don't know. Why did they do this?
0: No, I'm not feeling this story. I feel like they've made this up.
8: Also, on this fake tropical island, there's a shaman who is the chief's sister. The chief of the island, and his sister is the shaman of the island. I'm starting to suspect that Coral Cola Island has a real nepotism problem. This is... The Coral Cola administration is corrupt, is what I'm saying, in addition to being 100% fake.
0: But remember, the magic of the Southern Cross is always on your... The what? Right, hang on, hang on. My my geography, like especially American geography, is not great. You know, it's probably better than most people who don't live in America. But, fucking Washington, man, that is that is well above the fucking equator, right? Yeah, yeah, that is that is hugely above the equator. Can you helicopter out to Hawaii? Can you see that? But Hawaii's north of the equator, isn't it? Oh, It's close. It's all oh, it's got be. That's got to be on the equator or just above it. Looking at its map, but I mean, like. You can only see the Southern Cross if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. Sure, surely, if he's from if he's from Seattle and has to take a short uh, or oh, a long helicopter ride somewhere, I mean, there's no way he's reaching Hawaii on a helicopter. Surely, that is some distance, but that's not far enough south, is it, to be seeing the Southern Cross? I'm I'm I, I'm I'm feeling some plot holes here. Anyway, I'm going to carry on. I hope that this game helps me get to the bottom of the mystery
8: of this <laughs> fake corrupt island. Uncle Steve is obviously behind the whole thing.
2: So I'm guessing the the story is this kid Steve has gone to an island to find his lost uncle, Dr. Jones. Got it.
12: Something we'll never know the answer to. So
3: we say.
11: Well, that's it for this week, and that's the manual for Star Tropics.
8: That's about it that I can remember from the manual.
6: So, so that uh, concludes my manual reading.
8: Well, I suppose that's enough of me rambling. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I guess that's it. That's the story.
7: I look forward to playing the game again. I'm really excited to play Star Tropics.
0: Well, I am very, very
5: excited to start Star Tropics. Okay.
6: I
9: absolutely adore Star Tropics.
5: I gotta say, I'm looking forward to it a lot more now than I was before.
6: After reading through that, I am thoroughly looking forward to this.
5: Yeah, man,
7: this game looks cool as hell. Obviously, I nominated the game. As I said before, it's something that I never got to play as a kid. I don't even think I ever remember
5: seeing it as a kid. Honestly, this feels like one of those games that I really should have played by now. But hey, I'm finally getting around to it. Uh, it's, it's a little... <sighs> I
9: love it. I love it.
13: I'm like reminding you to talk to all the people and the different gameplay systems. Whether there's the dungeon one or the going around towns. And I
2: think that that is the
13: end of the instruction manual.
2: I'm excited. I like playing.
14: <laughs> I like playing fun video games on this show, man.
1: What's really interesting is it seems that this game. This is like a lot of early NES games, a lot of these early like 8 and 16-bit games, the manuals are pretty essential a lot of times. And in this case,
8: I think more so than usual. Uh, you're a kid, you're going to a quote-unquote tropical island.
9: Listen, I know that apparently this was supposed to be catering to the Western market. And so they have, you know, Mikey with the, the baseball and the Coca-Cola and the Indiana Jones and all of these things. I, and it's supposed to just be like a, a flip on a Zelda concept.
8: It's really probably like Vashon Island or, or Bainbridge or something like that here in Puget Sound <laughs> where people are all cosplaying
7: as being a a tropical village. So uh,
11: yeah, it's going to be an interesting playthrough. I'm I'm really excited.
13: But I'm excited to jump in and, and really
7: get my hands on it. Uh, so I'm gonna go do that.
13: Anyway, there's not a lot there because I just don't have a lot to talk about in terms of the game in general.
6: I feel like it's probably going to be a lot harder than I would like it to be. And it's really, really
9: hard towards the ending. I uh, hopefully we're not gonna see some quitters out here since it's online with the NSO. I can do my save states.
6: Uh, but maybe there's a uh, maybe there's an easy easy mode. Wow, It It is crazy. <laughs>
1: because like honestly the story really starts here in the manual like we get all of the backstory we get all the we get all the setup in the manual and the game just kind of jumps right into the story from there.
6: either way there's a there's
9: rewind and you better believe towards the ending I am going to spam the hell out of some save states.
6: I should be able to to uh, make it through if if you guys can make it through Zelda 2 Star Fox and uh, Echo, surely I can make it through. Star Tropics.
9: It's a very beautiful game and it's a lot of fun.
6: My first impression. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to talk
9: about first impression here. That's for the
1: next episode. So I feel like you might be a little lost if you don't read the manual ahead of time with this one. So that's kind of interesting.
9: But for the beginning, we're just going to have a little a little good time. A little bit of a romp in the old sea hay. Or, you know, bask in the cola, baby.
4: Looking forward to starting this game and sharing the experience with you listeners and my fellow Switch Club podcast contributors.
11: Uh, again, really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a fun season. I, I hope everybody else who plays it really enjoys it. And I hope that you enjoy listening to us play through it as well.
10: What else is there to talk about in the manual?
13: color illustrations, guys.
10: Uh, you can talk to people. You, that's basically it.
13: I'm really excited, you know, get to play a retro game in general.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to check out this game. I'm excited to, uh, swing a lethal yo-yo at some people.
4: Going island hopping sounds like a great frickin' time.
13: But Zelda with yo-yos sounds fun.
4: Should be an interesting game. Definitely going to have that Zelda-like feel to it.
11: Really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good.
5: I hope that about does it for this introductory episode. I think this is going to be a pretty good season. It'll be nice to play an old game that doesn't absolutely rake you across the coals.
7: Uh, But I hope to see you guys all in our next episode when we're really going over that first section.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm ready to press start, man. I'm excited to see where this ends up going. This, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued.
9: <laughs> With well, that being said, listen, my name is Johnny. Once again, I am the co-host of The Rapper's Corner, Remember the Record, YouTube
13: video podcasts. So yeah, hopefully we'll all get to go along in this
12: season and it's going to be brilliant. I hope uh, you guys use my audio. I look, I love this show. And you should join us. Feel free to contribute your ramblings to make Frost and Eric edit them together into somewhat coherent nonsense that everyone can enjoy
9: it's a great time i've been watching this show since i think the mortal Kombat for uh, for the podcasters assemble and as soon as the super switch club came in i was all
12: on it i've been listening to it from day one i really do hope i get to participate i promise you the more you do it the less awkward it will feel and you'll probably get addicted and once that happens you'll start your own podcast And then you let me know what that podcast is and I will subscribe to it, especially if it's an AOLP. You guys are great, super sexy beasts. Let's play some Nintendo. Uh, And hopefully we have a lot of fun with it.
2: Anyway, otherwise, I'm Scott. I'm back. At least for now, from the Scott spot.
6: Anyway, so I've been Bill. With that, I think I'm gonna go and uh, gonna go and boot it up. I'm looking forward to Star Tropics. Sounds like a great time.
11: I guess if I'm gonna keep participating, I should probably come up with some kind of outro or something for these segments. Um, I'll have to think about that.
9: Let's play
6: some Star Tropics,
9: and I hope you all have a awesome, awesome playthrough session.
5: Anyway, thanks for listening, and join us next time on Star Tropics when we cover chapters one and two. And thank you,
2: editors. Looking forward to Star Tropics.
14: All right. See you next episode. All right. See you all in a little bit for when we pick up the dang NES controller. We start clicking our two buttons and we throw a yo-yo at a snake, probably.
8: Unless, I'm, unless this one doesn't make it in. And then um, uh, see you in some bonus Patreon content, baby.
9: Come along for the ride, baby. We out here, baby. Woo-hoo!
0: Why did I agree to do this? Uh, so
7: I hope to see you soon. Uh, and take care.
0: And I shall see you all on the flipping side of the Southern Cross.
6: And I'll uh, I'll catch you later for episode one.
0: All right,
5: I'm out of here. See y'all next episode.
4: Have a great time, and see you next time. Right,
5: sirrah,
13: bye. Bye. A yo-yo.
0: Hi. (laughs) Yes, my name's Bill. You may remember me from the opening of Super Switch Club episodes. And that's about it.
2: Compliance with FCC regulations. The equipment generates and uses radio frequency energy and if not installed... Okay, I'm going to assume that's not important.
0: And
8: I have heard the name of the game before all of this. So I think for a Nintendo Entertainment System video game to seep into my sphere, the name of it to kind of pierce my... (laughs) non-NES game-playing bubble must mean that it's floating around out there in discussion. I've never seen the Southern Cross. I've never been below the f***ing hemisphere. So, case closed. <laughs> I have determined <laughs> that StarTropics is a classic game. Okay, thank you. Good night.
0: <laughs> I'm
2: back. I didn't leave. 90-day uh, limited warranty. I guess those are all expired. Star tropics across the universe Always going forward cause we cannot find reverse.